0: As many of you may know, I have kind of grown up in the United Methodist Church. My father is a Methodist pastor. My mother works at the conference office. And so for many years, and sometimes even now, um, what I will be asked when I introduce myself is, Oh, are you Oscar's son? Are Are you Jackie's son? And I've come to realize that as that happens, that... Whether intentional or not, everything I do reflects upon my parents. Now, as I've kind of grown up and I've gotten married, now that my wife is a children's pastor, some folks even look at me and go, Are you Anna's husband? And as a fact, in fact, her children's ministry affectionately refers to me as Mr. Anna. And so even then, I've come to realize that what I do... How I act, what I say, it reflects upon my family and upon who they are. And today we're going to look at a text that you may be wondering how it ties in, but we'll we'll get to that. Um, we're going to look at Matthew chapter 3 beginning in verse 13 and it says, When Jesus came to, from Galilee to John at the Jordan to be baptized by him, John would have prevented him saying, I need to be baptized by you, and do you come to me? But Jesus answered him, Let it be so. For it is proper for us in this way to fulfill all righteousness. And then he consented, and then Jesus had been baptized. And when Jesus had been baptized, just as he came up from the water, suddenly the heavens opened, and he saw God's Spirit descending like a dove, and alighting on him, and a voice from the heaven said, "This is my son, my beloved, with whom I am well pleased." This is a text that many churches will read this week, as this is Baptism of Our Lord Sunday. But what comes to mind when you think of the action of baptism? For many of us, we typically connect baptism to the cleansing or the forgiveness of sins, the washing away of our sins. But if that was the case, then why is Jesus baptized? For Jesus is sinless, he is the Son of God, so why would he be baptized if baptism was simply about the washing away of sin? You see, this morning's text shows us that baptism is not just a simple mechanism for forgiveness, but it also points us to what happens here when Jesus is baptized, as it announces God's favor and establishes Jesus' identity. When God proclaims, this is my son, my beloved, with whom I am well pleased. So what does that mean about our baptism, as we understand it in our day? Yes, we heard it in the story of Jesus' baptism, but what about in our baptism? Well, it should point us to the truth that our baptism is also about identity. I mean, what would it mean if we heard the proclamation That Jesus did. That our identity is established in God. As he proclaims at our baptism. That one is mine. You know sometimes I wonder. With our focus on baptism so often being the washing away of our sins. If we've just missed these profound words of God's grace being spoken. As he speaks them to us for we too are God's beloved children, those with whom God is well pleased, and a culture that, that promises acceptance only if we are skinny, strong, successful, rich, popular, beautiful, young, enough, and so on and so forth. What we hear in this message of baptism is this, that God has declared that we are enough. Who you are created and called to be is enough. That God accepts us just as we are. And that God desires to do wonderful things for and through us. How many of us, how many people in our world desperately need to hear this? I just want you, if you're listening to this, just repeat after me and say, I am God's child. I am deserving of love and respect. And God will use me to change the world. And now what if we didn't just believe this about ourselves, but as we went around, we proclaimed this to our neighbors and to our families and to to the people that we encounter. And we said, you are God's child, deserving of love and respect, and God will use you to change the world. Now we may need to take a step back and look at what does it mean to be a child of God. And that day and time, being a child of God, would stem from the status of the son, as the the man had all the authority in that day and time of the, when the scriptures were written. But it was one that would inherit the family name, honor, estate, business. And whose call includes building up all of these things. And in our baptism, we are reminded that God says, that one's mine. That is my child. That that through baptism, God is claiming us as his very own. Giving us authority as the family of God to carry out the family business. To do God's work in God's creation. And in so doing, reminding us that as we act, we reflect on the name of God. It's much like I talked about at the beginning, that whether we realize it or not, when we take on the name of Christ through baptism, we are a reflection of Christ in this world. What we say and do, how we act and interact, reflects upon God. And so we may need to take a step back, and we may need to really question how we act and interact with people, and is it as God would? Is it as we see Christ do? You see, so often I think that we have taken on the name of Christ and then we go and do our own wants and desires. But today we gather. Today we remember the baptism of Christ and we remember our own baptism. It's not just a, a remembrance of some ritual that happened that we don't even, may not even recall because it happened when we were an infant. But it's a call to remember who you are. Whose you are what you are called to do and who you are called to be. To take on a new name, not your own, but the name of Christ, and to go forth and be the hands and feet of Jesus Christ, in a world that so badly needs to see, hear, and feel His presence. This is what we celebrate at baptism bring into the family as God proclaims that one is mine God has made a proclamation on our lives as Christians but sadly if we look around our world there are many that have taken on the name that are not living into the family business if you will They've taken on the name, but they're all seeking their own kingdom. They're taking on the name, but they're seeking their own wants and desires. They're taking on the name of Christ, but they're seeking to promote their own will and their own way. So maybe we need to take a step back and sit at our Father's feet. Hear our Father's call. Heed from the example placed through Jesus Christ in our lives and ask, how are we living in to who God calls us to be? How are we living in to who God has created us to be? When people look at us and they go, oh, you're a child of God. How are we reflecting that to this world? Many people I've heard say, think that the church is dwindling, and, they're pro- and the numbers would say that they are right, but the thing is, is that the reason I firmly believe that the church is dwindling is because the people of the church have stopped looking like Jesus Christ and have started looking like the world, so why would anybody need to come to us? So maybe we need to do some checking of our own actions or inactions, our own interactions, our own ways in which we speak or don't speak. Maybe we need to go hear the call one more time. That one is mine. Maybe we need to start acting like it. I'm in. And I'm in.